it's very easy to make something complicated even more complicated. That's not hard. What's hard is to make something complicated simple. And if you want an even better word, if you're a science person, how about making something complicated elegant? And now here's this episode of the Elevating IT podcast, sponsored by Audit. Welcome to the Elevating IT podcast, recorded live here. And uh, I am really, really thrilled to have a special guest today. Uh, John Bates is my guest. John is the uh, owner of Executive Speaking Success and just a really, really cool person, a TEDx coach. Thrilled to have you, man. We haven't talked in years. Oh, so it's been years. We we met on the road to TED. We did. We so I should tell people we we I hosted a podcast called Road to TED with my good friend who I haven't talked to in a few years, Dino Dogan. <clears throat> it's not on iTunes anymore. We we actually neither one of us kept up with the 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 expense of paying for the this the server right like you got to pay to have your your hosting so we just decided to to which is a shame because there was such great content and i'm yeah. kicking myself that it's not up there it was and we had a big audience too we we had like a really big audience with that podcast thanks to people like you you were one of our first guests if not the first guest you may have been first i i might have i, I know i was early i might i might have been first it, was, it sure was fun it was a great uh it was also a great moment in history, right? Such a time. Yeah, it was. It was really fun, um, and I got to meet you in person in New York when yeah. we were at, um, which was which was so cool. And I got to say, I know Flash passed away recently. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, such a good dog. He's such a good dog, and uh, yeah, my my uh, my. You know what I realized, Mike, is that he's my business partner. I never really thought of it that way because he, you know, he was. I had him for 15 years. He was 17 when I finally had to let him go, and um, he was with me before I had anything going on, you know. And yeah. he was with me through starting this business, and I think he was kind of a secret weapon because made me super memorable. And when I would walk in the door to coach these top level executives on their TED like talk and things like that, you know, everybody come off the ceiling when they saw Flash. He calmed yeah. everybody down. And so, and he watched me for an autoimmune disease. He gave me a, an alert that saved my life, I'm sure, more than once. And um, so it is a it is a profound loss. And um the great, great life we had together will make the aftertaste very sweet, but the drink is still awfully bitter. I know it was two weeks. I know it was two weeks. We we talked about coming on the show two weeks, and I, I saw that ha- that happened right around that time. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I got to meet Flash. I got you know got to meet you, and he was such a good good dog. I, I, it took me a while to realize you had a dog with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was very ninja that way, right? He just hung <laughs> out, and he was such a cool dog. But um, yeah, so I just wanted to give my condolences and just, you know, really great to, to reconnect with you and, and kind of, I want to give a little bit of an introduction. Uh, you basically coach people on, on speaking, on public speaking. You're, you're a great public speaker yourself and you've coached a ton of TEDx folks as well as businesses 
professionals who want to present themselves better. And, you know, this podcast is really all about helping IT providers, specifically folks out there selling IT services to communicate better, right? They're, we're in a really technical field. Yes. And it's hard to, you know, some a lot of these guys will, will sit across the table from a small business and they watch their eyes glaze over because they don't understand yeah. what they're saying. So immediately, you know, I thought I got to have John on the show because everybody can communicate better. So John, again, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here and, and kind of fill in what I'm missing here, introducing you. Well, you know, I'll tell you a fast version of how this all came about, because I think it speaks directly to, to the people that you care about, Mike. I was always the guy with the soft skills, envious of the people with the hard skills. They called what I did fluffy. I was always an early stage employee, a founder or a co-founder at internet companies. I raised several hundred million dollars with my various teams in Silicon Valley and beyond. I never had a successful exit, but I can raise it. And I would always end up with the title chief evangelist. And I always felt like envious of the people with the hard skills. So I'd go around trying to prove I was valuable. While I secretly thought I wasn't as valuable and it was just awkward. And then in 2009, I went to TED for the first time and saw those unbelievably good speeches and got very lit up about it came back, got involved in the TED and TEDx community, and was volunteering for my friends who ran one of the first ever TEDx events, TEDx Santa Monica. And we had this guy who had all the hard skills in the world, had a really brilliant topic. He was the guy I was the most excited to see. And when he got on stage and started to talk, everybody in the room checked out because he was so nervous and awkward, we all thought we were going to throw up. And I was so sad because I had seen that so much with these brilliant, well-trained people who had so much to offer, but they just couldn't quite close the gap between their mouth and someone else's ears. And so I was very sad. And then the evil part of me came out and I was like sitting there quietly going, ha, 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 hard skills guys blowing it, you know. And as I was entertaining the evil side of myself, my buddy walked over and completely changed my life. He leaned down and he said, dude, we got to do something to help people like this. And it really hit me like a ton of bricks, Mike. If I just got over myself for five minutes, if I stopped with the chip on my shoulder, I could totally make a difference for someone like that. So I went home and started to work on what I was, you know, just beginning, I think, to put together when I met you guys. I've now since, and I pinch myself as I say this, because it did not look like my life was going this direction until it did. But I, I now have coached all the NASA astronauts, coached Navy yeah. Special Operations, Johnson & Johnson, Boston Scientific, you know, other huge companies that I can't say publicly, uh, celebrities I can't say publicly, all because of that moment. Because what I did differently is I based everything I did in human evolutionary biology and human neurophysiology so I could show people not just what works when it comes to leading and communicating with and inspiring and motivating human beings to action, but also why it works based in science. And what I didn't think about till a couple of years ago, because I'm such a soft skills dweeb, is of course this stuff always works. It's based in science. You know, so so that's where all of this came from. And, you know, just to put kind of the, the cherry on top, Mike, what I've realized 
over the years. And then I think maybe we were all cluing into back in the day was, but what's clear, clear, clear to me now is that I believe that creating a TED-like talk where it's about 18 minutes long, 11 to 18 minutes, where the question is what Ted always asks their speakers is what is your one idea we're spreading, not your best three or your top five, what is your one idea we're spreading? To go dig underneath all the stuff that it takes to really create a TED-like talk, whether you're ever gonna talk at TED or not, mm. but to do that work is some of the absolute most powerful leadership work that anyone could ever do. And it has these really interesting knock-on effects because when people learn the, the neurobiology underneath effective communication, nonprofits that I've worked with have 10x their, their fundraising in one year from applying these principles. And leaders that I've worked with have taken all kinds of new ground because of the principles that they learn and apply, and then the, the self-work they did to get to that TED-like talk. It's, it's an incredible leadership experience to do that. That's amazing. <clears throat> and, you know, I have to, um, so I got so many questions for you because communication is so important. Like, and this is not, you know, for folks listening to this podcast, the first time I interviewed you was for a podcast called, of course, Road to Ted, we talked about in the beginning. And people who were listening to that wanted to speak on the TED stage. They wanted to, to get up and speak. Now, a lot of the audience who's watching me now are outsourced IT guys. These IT guys are, are not necessarily people that, and some of them do actually speak publicly, but I would say for most of them, they're pretty reserved, pretty quiet. They, they just want to go about their business. Um, communication is not just about getting up on stage. No, no, no. I mean, you know, that's the thing that I'm always telling everybody I work with, whether they come to me for a TED-like talk, maybe they're actually speaking at a TEDx event, maybe they're even speaking at TED, or maybe they're not speaking anywhere. It's all about communicating with human beings from one to millions and to to really get good at checking the box. Like for me, what it's all about, not checking the box I said it. I checked the box I said it for a long, long time and I didn't get great results. When I started checking the box, they got it. That was when my results completely changed. And whether it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a spouse or a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a potential customer or a one to millions TED talk, checking that box, they got it. And really understanding the underlying principles that make that happen for human beings, that will change everything about life for anyone. Yeah, it's really about them, the people you're speaking to getting it. Yes. Right. And that doesn't matter whether you're selling something or and some of the worst talks you're ever at. Right. Or when they, they don't communicate effectively and you're just sitting there like, oh, yeah. my God, when are they going to get to the point? You know, Mike, I wish I had a copy of the actual speech, but my I might have talked. I don't even know if I was clear about this when we talked. But what I what I realized maybe a little bit late is that my first time speaking at TED, I 
blew it. Uh, you told us about that. You yeah. did tell us about that. So That's a great story. If, if anybody wants to read the ink article I wrote about that, just Google John Bates, Ted fail. It's the first result, right? So uh, my claim to fame, right? <laughs> John Bates, Ted fail. But, I, you know, I made that mistake of, of doing it for myself of trying to make me look good by doing it. I did it because of all the concerns I had, not because of the difference I wanted to make for the audience. I was, you know, I just made every mistake in the book. Thank God I got invited to speak again. And I did, I did after that, dedicate my freaking whole life on some level to figuring out how not to make those mistakes and how to do a better job. But, um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I'm just going to throw that up there. <laughs> That's there a long link. Yeah. But if you want to check that out, and, and what I love about that is, um, and I just want to kind of, uh, stories are are something that really um, connect everybody. And, and I'm, that's one of, one of the questions I want to ask. I'm going to fast forward to that. Why? I'll, I'll ask you the question in a moment, but I want to get to the point that everything you just did and talked about started with a story and you wove us through a story. And it was like, I'm just mesmerized listening to you. And I feel like, I really understood what you're talking about. I was engaged. I was, I had like 18 questions pop into my mind. It's because you, you, you told the story and it's why is story so important? And I love the fact that you are telling this story, right. And how failing on the Ted stage changed my life. You're embracing your story, whether it's a failure or success and you're talking about it. Why is that, that story just, it, it, and let me back up a little bit because I read a lot, I read every day, 30 minutes a day minimum. I read a lot of business books and business books can be pretty boring, John. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and the ones, as soon as they start telling a story, I perk up and I, and I, I'm yeah. like, Oh my God, thank God. They're yeah. finally telling me something I could, I don't have to go back and read 10 times. Yes. Why is that? Like, what is the science behind that? Cause you talked about, I love the science stuff. Yeah. So the first thing that I'll say is to just emphasize your point with science when you put someone in an fMRI machine and watch their brain in real time as it's reacting to what's going on around them, if you say, now listen to how this lands for you, even when I just say it like this, let me tell you a story about that. Right. You, you <laughs> like immediately sit up. You feel the state change in your brain, right? Yeah. That is your brain lighting up in the same way that it lights up when you expect to get a reward. Right. Stories, even just saying, let me tell you a story about that, triggers our reward center. Now, why is that? Here's why. Because everything, everything, everything of any importance throughout the deep, vast majority of our history as a species came to us in the form of a story, right? Before the printing press, I mean, and it was still quite a while after that, that everybody could read, right? Like, I mean, until the internet, like everything came to us in the form of a story because people can't remember big, long lists of stuff. We remember between four and seven things. There's that study. It's why phone numbers have this seven digits. Okay, that was actually wrong. It's four, period, not seven. We can remember four things, <laughs> four bits, right? So if we want to teach somebody how to do agriculture or brew beer or 
create civilization, right? All those things had to come in the form of a story so we could remember complex ideas and things like that. So everything came in the form of a story that was important. So of course our brain came to value stories more highly than anything else. And that's still with us. That's amazing. That's a great explanation. And what are some, let's talk about some of the other science of, of communicating here. You, you talked about the, 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 and I, you threw out some big words. I'm not going to try, but I study that a lot with, with the idea of persuasion and, you know, I've studied yes. behavioral psychology has taken off since the nineties, as far yes. as why people do certain things. And it is, you're right. hundred percent that it is completely backed up with science. So if you're not doing these things in communication, you're really hurting yourself. So what are some other really like important things to, to understand? Well, one of the really big things that is, like this is like Jedi mind power. I mean, for real, not mind tricks. This is Jedi mind power mm -hmm. is we all have mirror neurons, human beings. We, there was somebody who just won a Nobel prize for their work with mirror neurons. And what mirror neurons are, are neurons that are in our bodies that fire in response to what we see others going through. So if somebody comes in the room and they're happy, we get happy. We don't even know why. You know, maybe they won the lottery and we lost, but they get happy, right? So we we get happy. And um, if they come in and they're sad, we get sad. And, it, and, you know, and if I'm doing a cooking show, right, and I'm chopping up purple carrots with a big old butcher knife. And I'm telling you about the benefits of the anthrocyanic. <sighs> okay. Now, even if you're just listening, you jumped. And right. if you're watching, you for sure jumped, but I don't have purple carrots and I don't have a butcher knife, but everyone jumps because we have mirror neurons and they're always working. They're always on. And here's the thing. Nobody ever really pointed out to me, they're always mirroring you. It's scientific proof for you get what you put out, right? Everybody's mirroring you. And, and here's the thing, when you raise your hand, they're mirroring you. When you walk in the room and you just walked in, everybody looks at you, they're mirroring you. When you get up on stage, they're mirroring you. When you're at the top of the hierarchy, they're always mirroring you. And to take responsibility for that is an unbelievably powerful act. You know, the people who uh, think everybody's grumpy, you know, someone like that, don't name names, right? They, they, okay, look, we're not all grumpy. Like when they walk in, we all get grumpy, but the minute they leave, we're fine again. But everywhere they go, they think everybody's grumpy. Mirror neurons, right? So here's the thing. And we can apply this to the stage, but it applies to life in general. After I discovered this and took responsibility for it, I have never, ever had a bad audience since then. You know, bad audiences, you've had them, I've had them, right? Oh my God, what a bad audience. Yeah. It doesn't happen anymore. Never happens. Because the minute that it starts to even look like it's going that way, instead of doing what I used to do, which is go, crap, I have a bad audience. I go, what am I doing 
And how could I do it better? How could I give them something to mirror that's good and going to lift them up versus whatever I just did that made them start to look like a bad audience, right? So essentially they're feeling what you're feeling and they're just, they're, they're becoming whatever you're presenting. Because I'm the one on stage and that's how it always goes. But if you don't know that, the temptation is to let whatever random thing you see out there in the audience pull you down. You mirror that crummy thing. Why would you do that? Don't do that. Right. Make them mirror you. You keep giving them awesomeness, right? They'll come around. And that can be subtle, right? Or, or very direct. Like you can simply make, and I'm saying, I'm asking you just to make sure I understand this. You can yep. say, Everybody raise your hand and put your, I'm not on screen. You, you, everybody put your hand up, right? And they're going to mirror you, but there's, there's things that they may not recognize, right? There's, there's these little, little things, right? Facial expression or a twitch or, or a move that you, you know. Well, Mike, when you walk out, so here's the story. I'm not, not you, me. Let me put it in my story because I want to own this. When I sang in a rock band, I remember the first time we played to like way more than 500 people, you know, it was a big room. And I remember walking from backstage out to the front of the stage where my microphone was, right? The whole band was already out there. I walked out and as I was walking towards the microphone, what was going through my mind was, holy crap, you know, like, what's going to happen? Because there were just so many people, right? And I had never been on stage in front of that many people. And then when I got to the microphone, I grabbed the mic and I'm like, yeah, we're right. But dude, it took us like the first half of the first set to recover the audience. Because what happened is from that walk from backstage to my mic, I looked freaking terrified. And I, like, I didn't know how this was going to go. So guess what? It took us the whole first half of our first set to convince people this was going to be okay because they were mirroring me. From then on, whether it's a rock concert or I'm speaking or I'm just going to pitch or whatever, I remember that it starts the minute they see me. Not the minute I think it starts when I grab the mic. No, the second they see me. So I'm, I am always thinking about how can I give them something good to mirror from the second they see me? So when I had that experience again after that, I would I would get myself super amped up to be on stage before I even passed through the the you know the backstage right. curtain or whatever, right? So when I hit the stage, I was already going 95, 100 miles an hour, and they just came with me, right? And and when I'm speaking. Or when I'm going to a client's place, I get out of the car and I'm smiling and I'm excited. And I'm looking at the building thinking, what a great building. This must be a cool place to work. And they see me through the windows the minute I get out of my car and I'm giving them something good to mirror. That is a cool – and that is – I love the love that you uh, made the Star Wars connection for a couple of reasons because I'm a Star Wars fan, of course. Yeah. But Remember, we had uh, a, a Jedi fight, a, a lightsaber fight. Yeah, yes. You remember our lightsaber oh, fight? I do. And you were good at, like, you kind of knew Katana or whatever it was, right? 
Well, yeah, because I, I take martial arts and I was I was training, but you, the, the the I okay. So let me set the the stage here. Let me tell the story. Yeah, um, this was five six years back. We were in New York. We were at the Javits Center. Yeah, and there was a big show there that we were a part of, and yeah. we were speaking. It was a like a, a business, and I can't remember the gentleman's name. I talk, I see him on LinkedIn all the time. I have to reach out to him, the the expert dojo, right? Somebody that like we knew each other back when neither of us had two pennies to rub together, right? And we were both starting, and we held hands through this whole thing, and we were both so busy now we don't talk to each other as much, but. Uh, but and yeah, he's doing really well, and you're Brian, doing really well, Brian. Brian, Brian, yes. yes. And and now Next hopefully we'll make sure he doesn't see this because we lost his name. But he put together this amazing show at, at the at down at the Javits Center in New York, and um, we were speaking to entrepreneurs and people who were you know in business and about business. And you gave an amazing talk, and you bring out these lightsabers as part of your talk. Yeah. And afterwards I had to come up because I'm like, oh my God, this is like swords. I love playing with swords yeah. and it's a lightsaber and it's really cool. Like these things were heavy duty. Yeah, I got them right here. In fact, we, we got to do that piece before we get off, I think. Yeah. Well, which one of us flung? Because I, 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 one of us went back and the yeah. lightsaber came apart. You know <laughs> what? It was the first time that that had ever happened to me. And what it is, is there's a little a screw that tightens in to hold that piece. Right. And I think that now the later models of those have two or three of them, but this one only had one and it had come a little bit loose and it probably was you. Cause you were so, uh, you were, I was, I was taking it a little too far well, yeah, and that's what you get for letting me mess around with your stuff. It went ring and it just went, pow. <laughs> it went flying. It went flying across the place. It was, uh, it was unbelievable. Ah, uh, yeah, that was a great time. That was a funny story. So, okay, so not to get too far off track. So, what are some other? That was a great one. Do you have any other? And I know you've got a ton of these pieces of advice. And you know, I'm looking for for folks who who are our, our viewers here are really presenting to small groups. They're presenting yeah. to a sales presentation. They're yeah. pitching their service, yes. and we're we preach to them all the time about simplifying your message, about making this putting yourself in into the um, business owner's shoes because the people that, that are across the table are not technical at all. In some cases, they are co-managed IT services, yeah. but for the most part, they're non-technical. They don't understand and they're yeah. sitting there confused. Now, from a, from a IT providers, these guys are really, really smart. They're very technical and they love to help people. They yeah. love to teach. So they're they're teaching and they're talking about too much sometimes, right? Yeah. So we're, we're trying to get them to take all this stuff that they're doing and get it down here. So what advice could you could you give to these guys? Well, there, so there's, <clears throat> there's a couple things. One is, it's very easy to make something complicated even more complicated. That's not hard. What's hard is to make something complicated simple. And if you want an even better word, if you're a science person, how about making something complicated elegant? The idea of elegance in science, nothing that's not needed, everything that is, it's very elegant, right? E equals MC squared, very elegant. So make the things you do elegant. And here's the thing to remember. Don't tell the whole story, please. We don't want to know all that, right? You know, I mean, Mike, what, where where are you now? What, what I'm in Connecticut. 
So, I, and you know, the last time my wife and I were in Connecticut, we had the most amazing dinner. We had this fabulous, fabulous dinner. And I think it was Tuesday. It was when, could it have been the weekend? It might have been a Thursday. I don't care. I don't care what night it was. Tell us about the dinner, right? It's a dinner near me that was really awesome. I don't care what night it was. Don't tell us what night it was unless it really matters, you know? And here's the thing. You are the IT genius. Part of what you get paid for is to have an opinion and to be able to look at everything you know, think about it from my perspective, and then curate the most important and only the most important things to the surface to share with me. I don't want to know all that. If I knew all that, I wouldn't be hiring you, right? You don't want me to know all that. So don't tell me all that. Tell me the stuff that I'm going to care about because you're the expert and you know. And when people think about it like that, it becomes pretty easy. Actually, it's just they don't think about it like that. Yeah. I mean, just get to the point, right? <laughs> just tell, yeah. And get to the point that I care about as your client, right? Not the point you care. Like it may be the most awesome thing. How many how much more information we can now send with light because of our new fiber optic techniques. But I just want to send a big file and have it get there fast. Right. You right. know, so, you know, what curate the most important things to the top, you know, I, I like that versus editing it down. No, just, Think about if you if this were a museum and you were going to be able to put three things on the wall and light them well, what would those three things be? Not everything, right? Absolutely. That's, uh, that's, yeah. I mean, I just, I can't, I can't even add anything to that. I mean, that was just fantastic advice. And, and, you know, because it really is, it really is the thing, right? Because, I see this so much, Mike. Here's another piece that'll help. Studies show that if you have like letters after your name, like, you know, MD or CPA or whatever, your credibility is already assumed. And, right. and I think there are a lot of places where that's the case. Like if they invited you in, you don't have to show them how brilliant you are and over talk it and tell them a million things they don't care about just for your, just to prove that you're smart, that you're, what if you assumed going in that your credibility was already assumed, what would the next thing be? Right. Well, and I'll tell you what I think it is. I worked with a very large, very large, American global company that makes some of the most complicated machinery on the freaking planet. And I can't say their name, but, um, you know, really, really huge company. And everybody that I worked with was an engineer of some sort, almost everybody, because they, they were having their global summit and they were all, all the leaders of the different divisions were speaking and they wanted to engage in conversation with their customers because they're products cost so freaking much and so complicated. And so everybody that I met with wanted, when I said, what do you want to do? They said, well, I want to, you know, first thing I need to do is establish my credibility because, you know, it's been a few years since I've seen these people and I'm in a new position. And I said, okay, well, I don't know if you remember Saturday Night Live, but I said, homie, don't play that. 
We're <laughs> not going to do that. You know, we're not going to establish your credibility. That's already established. Look, they paid millions of dollars for the stage. Are you kidding? And you're on it. So we're going to do something else. And what we did is we had everybody start with some sort of humanizing personal story that connected to why they care about what they were doing right now in this position, but but gave, but explain to people where that came from over the deep history of their life. And after that event, the woman that I worked with said it was the best event she'd done in her 25 years of doing these events for this company. And that I was a big part of the reason for that. And now that's a huge compliment and I take it, but it scared me. It freaked me out. I had to figure out why does this always happen? What is it that's going on here? And I thought about it and thought about it, thought about it. And all of a sudden it hit me. They all wanted to get up and establish their credibility, which is what people usually do. That just sort of tarnishes credibility and it sort of pushes people back a little because they're like, well, who do you even think you are, right? Right. What we did instead is not establish their credibility, but through this personal connected story that was a little bit vulnerable and humanized them. We didn't establish their credibility. We did something even more important. We established their emotional credibility. And that is what really needs to go on. What if the next time you had a meeting, you know, be ready to answer the technical questions. But what if you went in with more of a focus on why you're the right people? Why could they trust you and believe that you care about them and things like that? And, you know, like I always say, Mike, it's not communicating with human beings is not logical. It's biological. And when you understand the biology, you can make it logical again. But logic by itself, while it's necessary, is not sufficient. You must make that emotional connection if you want people to take action and trust you and move forward. If you sign the check, say yes to the partnership, that all comes from the non-logical part of the brain. That's awesome. That's a, it's a, such a, and when you said that, I'm, I'm sitting here rewinding in my mind all the times I've been to talks or been in front of people. You, you know, the stage is just, it's, it's a being in a sales presentation where somebody invited you in to sell them something is is totally different than being on the stage but it's not different because you're right they they you're already they wouldn't have called you in if they didn't think you were an authority and i'm thinking about the times i've been sitting there when somebody's on stage i just naturally you know i give them more points right like as a human yeah just because they're on the stage yeah. why wouldn't i I'll do it yeah it's amazing. Well, John, this is this has been fantastic. So I'm going to have like if we ever host an event at my company, I'm going to have you keynote it because this Whoa. one's like just phenomenal. I want you to take a, a moment here. And I'm going to put your your website up on the screen here. I mean, it's one of the longer URLs. Um, ExecutiveSpeakingSuccess.com. So take take a minute to to tell people you know where how they can engage you, how they can learn more about you, what what. You know, if they wanted to hire you to coach them, what does that look like? All that kind of good stuff. Okay. Well, thanks for the opportunity. And, and I'm going to focus it on the things that I have for free because I, I just have been given so much and I want to pay it forward. So when you go to my website, executivespeakingsuccess.com, I think the number one thing, if you're interested in this, that you could do to get the best from me 
is sign up for not my newsletter. It's not a newsletter. It is a weekly mini training. And I really go out of my way to do my best to make this something that is valuable to people that is worth paying attention to. And then, and I send it out Sunday morning so that it's something that the people that get the most out of it, they'll get it Sunday and then they'll give themselves some kind of little reminder through the week to keep this alive this week. And then next week there'll be something else. And after doing that for a little while, all this stuff starts to be naturally integrated into who you are and what you're doing. And it's really powerful. And that's my goal and my promise to people. Um, I, uh, I also am going to be opening up for the first time in a, you know, I'm just going to start to talk about it in another week or two, but I've only been doing corporate stuff for the last gosh, 10 years. Right. And so I'm, I, when flash died and when I turned 50 freaking seven, wow, John, you look great. or flash died, I, it really hit me that I think that I need to make this available more broadly. So I'm opening up a number of um, consumer facing offerings that are going to be coming out. We're just finalizing them now. They're not out yet, but that's all going to be let off with a week. I am going to do a course over one week, 45 minutes a day. And my promise is that it will be worth more than, than the last three or four paid courses that anybody that attends took. So that's how I'm going to start this out and, and make this available to people. And then there'll be other ways that people can engage with me after that if they want to. And um, so all that stuff's coming. So if you sign up for the weekly trainings, you'll have to scroll down below the training, but that stuff will start to be coming out too. And if people want to go see uh, some of the things that I, that I do, I've got a bunch of short videos at youtube.com forward slash exec speaking, exec speaking. And if you go there, there's also a curated list of about six or seven or eight of what I think are some of the absolute best TED Talks that maybe people haven't seen yet. And they're fabulous. So that's youtube.com forward slash exec speaking. And then uh, at Facebook, I'm forward slash executive speaking success. So those would probably be the best ways. I'm putting this up here on the screen so that I remember it because I, I want to go back and the the other one that has turned into a really important one, I think for all of us in business is LinkedIn. So at LinkedIn, I'm forward slash in forward slash John Bates, pretty self-explanatory. That's awesome. And that's how I got back in touch with you. And yeah. John, thank you so much for being here. This has been great. You're coming back. I'm going to make you a, a recurring guest on this podcast because you, you're just fantastic. Well, so excited to reconnect with you. And Mike, here's what I promise. Next time, I will bring the three ways to connect with and inspire any audience, anywhere, anytime. And the reason that I thought of that so hard for, for you and your audience is I just worked with, I'm still doing a lot of ongoing work with HKBM, the, the Hong Kong broadband, the provider uh, in Asia. They're a huge company. I'm very impressed with them. And the founder of that company, Nick Lai, had me train all of his top executives in the three ways to connect with and inspire any audience, anywhere, anytime. And next time I come back on, I will bring that. It's super duper fun. 
and it involves lightsabers. Oh, yes. Done. We're doing it. All okay. right. Well, John, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And have a phenomenal week, the rest of your week. And until we see you again, keep on elevating IT. Bye.